Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Dr. Ifland has been creating breakthroughs in recovery from food addiction since 1999. Today, she's developing the Remission Optimistic Community, ROC, to support remission of diagnoses labeled as incurable. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Joan Ifland. Greetings and welcome back, Dr. Ifland. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Amy. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being here. You told me before the show that you were traveling around and you still took the time out to come on the show. Oh, and, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is really important. Very important topic. I mean, there are so many people, and some of whom may be watching or listening to my podcast right now, that have been told that their chronic condition is incurable. Wow. That's a big deal. I mean, they may even have been told that they have to learn to live with the pain or be on medication for the rest of their life. And I am just so glad that you're here, Dr. Ifflin, to help us learn more about this topic of living with chronic diseases. And Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're going to provide us with some hope and maybe tools to make informed decisions about our health. I certainly will. I'm very, very glad to do that. I think we could. Um, do you want me to just start in or do you want to do some activities or what would well, work? we can start off with our game of true or false? Yes. Green warriors like that. It's time for true or false on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, Green Warriors, get ready. Here's the first question. True or false, diabetes is not curable. You have to stay on medication for a lifetime. So you type in your guess, true or false, and while you're doing that, we'll ask Dr. Ifflin. What do you say about that, Dr. Ifflin? All right. So type 2 diabetes, I have seen that go into remission again and again. I know that the pharmaceutical industry says that it's not curable and that you need to stay on a pharmaceutical for the rest of your life. But I have seen that when you remove processed foods from the diet and you address the, you know, this is a different industry, the processed food industry hires neurologists to create cravings in our brain that are not us. Uh, they have the technology to be able to train through repeat messaging and product formulation and easy availability and cheap prices and attacking young children that they've been able to train our brains to crave, but that is not us. And when you get the cravings fixed, um, then you get control of your behavior and you get the processed foods out which are addictive craving, deliberately made craving, diabetes just goes away. And it can go away quite quickly. I've had experiences where even after the first kind of clean, non-processed, nicely balanced, you know, protein, fiber, carbohydrate, fats, that, um, that the combinations of foods, unprocessed foods, balanced, um, that stabilizes blood glucose all by itself. So the answer for type 2 diabetes is absolutely false. Diabetes can be put into remission. Now for type 1 diabetics, the picture is a bit more complicated because what you're asking for is how can beta cells that produce insulin be brought back to functionality? Is Everybody thinks that's not possible. But in our recovery programs, we've got two. We have the original processed food addiction recovery program called the ARC. 
And then we have a new one coming out called the Remission Optimistic Community, which directly addresses the issue of how do you make cells functional again? And there are plenty of things you can do. You can improve blood flow so that those cells are receiving more blood flow with more nutrients in them, more anti-inflammation, more pro-immune uh, elements in the bloodstream. So it's two pieces. You can increase blood flow to your pancreas where type one diabetes lives. And you can fill that bloodstream with healing agents that your body produces from the food you eat. Now, there's not a lot of evidence for restoring beta cells, but I will tell you that with that kind of bloodstream, your blood glucose is going to be uh, more stabilized through your food. And we do have lots of reports of people needing less medication and fewer episodes where blood glucose has gotten too high. We know that repeated high blood glucose is what uh, causes the capillaries in your toes and the back of your eyes and your kidneys to burst. Uh, so we don't want that. So when you eat a clean food plan and you're eliminating stress, your glucose is just naturally more stable. It's naturally less likely for you to have one of those harmful episodes of high blood glucose. So yeah, lots to know there about diabetes. Yes, and it's very, very good that you brought up about the medication because so often with these chronic diseases, when people are put on medication, they just think, you know, that especially with the, like with the type one diabetes, right? Oh, you're just gonna have to be on insulin for the rest of your life. And so they think, okay, I'll just take this insulin. But they don't realize that, as you said, that if you can have less insulin, taking mm -hmm. less insulin mm -hmm. and being less insulin dependent, it mm -hmm. leads to healthier outcomes, especially long term. Yep. yep, exactly. This is a very, so, let me just jump in here with one early story. Uh, it's going to be a great interview, I can tell. Um, in the 1900s, John D. Rockefeller, who was the creator of a lot of the oil and gas industry, he had a byproduct from oil and gas refining, which was a product called coal tar. And he had enough money and enough influence to build a pharmaceutical industry he did it by training doctors that pharmaceuticals and surgery were the only scientific, uh, the only valid options for treating disease, which we know is totally not true. Uh, for thousands of years, people have been treating diseases not with these heavy-duty pharmaceuticals. I am very grateful for the pharmaceuticals. I want you all to know that I caught uh, a pretty serious virus from my granddaughter and it was the pharmaceuticals that got me through it. I'm a great advocate of pharmaceuticals, but here's what I'm not. I'm not an advocate of pharmaceuticals are the only answer. So I did, I have a lifelong asthma, which I'm gradually putting into remission. I'm 71 years old with double pneumonia I should have been made to go to the hospital, but I didn't need to go. It's because I do all these other things. I have a list of 40 modalities for most of which I have some research showing that they do what I just described. Fill your blood with anti-inflammation pro-immune agents and get your bloodstream around your entire body. So, Rockefeller built this medical curriculum. He trained doctors. He went around to the legislatures and said, you know, everything else is quackery because he wanted a pharmaceutical market. He wanted a pharmaceutical business and he got it. But it was at the expense of all these other modalities that were great. So when somebody says to you, oh, that's incurable, if it's a health professional, it's because they've been trained that if pharmaceutical and surgery can't fix it, 
it's incurable. That's not true. And diabetes is the greatest example of that. Yeah. And there are so many people that are suffering from that more and more. I mean, I remember my grandmother had adult onset diabetes, but they don't call that anymore. Now they just call it type two because even children are getting this disease, which is, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't have a say in what's going on. And obviously there are things that we can do to help with that. And you also brought up the food addiction, which you did talk about in the first time that you came on the show. And I'll put a link to that as well. And it could come up in our conversation or some of the questions yeah. that yeah. come. And we, you're not opposed to talking about food addiction as well, because that kind of no, mingles no. in with what to we're talking contrary. about. The way I learned about remission of disease in general, mental, emotional, behavioral, and physical, is because we've had the food addiction recovery community for five years now. And as we were focused on getting food under control by controlling stress, by uh, processing emotions, by providing community, uh, all those things that you need to do to get a, you know, a compulsion to stop, we noticed all these other diseases were going into remission. Diabetes, irritable bowel, Crohn's, reproductive, skin, uh, and of course the depression and irritability, anxiety, and the attention deficit, and the learning disabilities, and the poor decision-making, and the poor impulse control, and the memory loss. Uh, They were all also going into remission. And I finally said, you know what? We need to tell people about remission of disease. It's built on this very comprehensive program that we created to get this deeply seated compulsion to stop. But dang, then all these other things go into remission too. So that's why we're, we're introducing this new community. I want everybody to know it's only when you get that incurable label or you get the chronic label, um, it's because you're talking to somebody who has been trained that pharmaceuticals and surgeries are the only answers. If they don't work, then it must be an incurable. It's not true. It's not true. Well, here's another true or false, because you're talking about food addiction. So this should be something that follows up. True or false, Green Warriors, bariatric surgery, and that's where they alter the structure of your digestive tract, is effective for weight loss. So... What do you think, Green Warriors, true or false? And as you type in your guess, Dr. Ifflin's going to talk about that. Go ahead, Dr. Ifflin. It is uh, false. So as the experience with this bariatric surgery gets longer and deeper, we're seeing that the effects wear off. And it might take 10 years. But people eventually, either they don't lose the weight in the first place or they gradually put the weight back on. And of course, it's because the problem is in the brain. The problem is in the environment. Because the problem is that these neurologists at the processed food industry with their brain imaging equipment, their MRI equipment and their PET scan equipment, they can see exactly how to stimulate your brain to crave. That does not stop when you have surgery on your stomach. Those neurologists are still there. They're still stimulating your brain to crave. That is what they're hired to do. They can still formulate products, food products, um, edible products, if you will, um, that stimulate cravings. They can still put the vending machines where those vending machines will stimulate cravings. They can still put all the advertising out there and they can still deceptively label products. So the whole um, craving environment is still there. And having surgery on your stomach doesn't change that. Yeah, it is such a drastic decision for someone to make. And whoever would make a decision like that must really feel as if they just don't have any other choice 
and that that they have no that they've lost control and they need something something to help them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I want everybody to know that there is now a remission community, the addiction reset community, the ARC, and you can. It's not expensive, and all you do is you play it in the background. You could be vacuuming. You could be driving your kids to school. You could be making food. You could be at work. A lot of workplaces allow people to listen to programs while they're working. Uh, you could be out walking. You could be shopping with your earbuds in and listening because you're, first of all, you're blocking out the messaging, the stimulating messaging from these food industry neurologists. And secondly, you're replacing it with kindness, skill building, comfort, patience, self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-respect, in combination with understanding through the science, what happened to you? What does it mean that neurologists at these corporations are busy teaching your brain how to, to crave all the time? It's not your fault, of course. But um, I want everybody to know, don't, please, please try. It's called a remission recovery or immersion recovery uh, to get control of your food. It's the only match I know of for what these neurologists have done to us. So we are doing, uh, we are undoing the lessons, if you will, the conditioning that this Pavlovian conditioning, this is um, conditioned learning. We are replacing there the neurologist profit-driven programming with spiritual, uh, with uh, emotional, just all the things that humans need to do, socializing. Uh, you're just replacing it with self-respect, a lot of skills, we teach 149 skills uh, because you need a tremendous expertise to live in a culture which is dominated by this, this deception from the processed food industry, from the pharmaceutical industry, from the screens industry, the video game industry, et cetera, et cetera, the romance novel industry. They are all very well equipped to teach your brain to helplessly crave their products. Your, your smarts are here in the frontal lobe. The I don't do that, I wanna do something else, that's all in your frontal lobe. But where they've attacked is back here in the reward center and they've taught your brain to release floods of cravings. It's not your fault, it's not you, you are not a craving person, you can fix this, it does require retraining literally billions of brain cells. But now you can do it and do it easily. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm glad. And you said it a few times. And it could be one of the most important things anybody would hear today on this broadcast. It's not your fault. So much guilt that people are just having this self-talk that, you know, they come across the food and or what Franken food, and they it's like some something takes over their brain and puts all reasoning and, and information aside, and then it's like they wake up and it happened and they don't even know how yeah. it happened. And then there's the guilt and oh I'm not I'm not I don't have enough willpower. I don't you know and so I'm so glad that you repeated that and I hope that people take that to, to heart and think about that a lot. It's not your yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, it's really, really valuable to get that deep on the inside. Every weight loss program out there made your cravings worse. Yeah. So every weight loss program is designed to fail, but they can't tell you that they're offering you a program that's designed to fail. So they blame you. Oh, you didn't try hard enough. Oh, you didn't want this bad enough. You didn't really commit. None, that's just incredibly false. 
It's just awful. No, their programs were broken before they even started. Their programs were designed to make you sicker and sicker because then you're a lifelong customer of that weight loss program. It's, it's in the brain. It's in the conditioning, the training, the learning that these neurologists at the food industries have been allowed to you know, uh, practice on your brain through advertising, through putting addictive substances in your food, sugar, flour, gluten, excessive salt, dairy, excessive fat, caffeine, food additives. These are all highly addictive. And our government stands by while these corporations just load, not, load up uh, products with these substances and create entire products out of them and call it food. It's not food. Yeah, yeah. you're so right. And I'm, I myself, I'm, I'm avoiding those products. And <coughs> so many people say that oil is healthy and, you know, and they just, they, they don't have that information. A lot of them that don't realize that it's not just that it's 120 calories a tablespoon, but it also makes you want to eat more food when you eat oil, oil, food that has oil in it, it makes your yeah. body want to eat more. It's, it's ridiculous how they do it. And they, and you're talking about these neurologists because they know the perfect balance of these chemicals and the sugar and the oil, the salt, they know the perfect balance to put in to make it just what they call it, the bliss point, right? <laughs> yeah, they put these foods in people's mouths while they are inside MRI machines or PET scan machines. They put the food in their mouth and then they evaluate the flood of craving neurotransmitters that are released when somebody is eating one of their foods. So they try that product formulation versus this one. Which one releases more cravings? Which one is going to do a better job of controlling that person's behavior? Which one is going to beat out the frontal lobe? This is competition between the reward centers back in the midbrain and your frontal lobe, which is, no, 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 that's hurting me. No, that's going to make me sick. No, I don't want that. That's frontal lobe. But what they're doing is they're activating, oh, I deserve that. Oh, that's so delicious. Oh, that's my favorite out of all the flavors. That is what they're activating back here with product formulation, with advertising, with, with putting it everywhere, with attacking children and, and then making it very, very cheap. If they have this cheap high fructose corn syrup, it's diabolical and it's not you. You, your heart, your soul, your beautiful you, it's there underneath all these just devastating thoughts that the these neurologists are creating in your brain. You're still there. You're there, I promise. Yeah. Angela Fischetti said, I look at food scientists who help profit the processed food industry, a.k.a. crap, as evil. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to use that word, the evil yeah. word. Yeah. It is, um, I think it's a fit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we have another true or false question for you guys. And it is true or false. The pharmaceutical industry suppresses effective healing practices. Wow. That's a, that's a loaded question, Green Warriors. What do you think? And as you type in your answer, Dr. Ifflin, what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm going to quote Andrew Weil. I, I bet a lot of your followers know who Andrew Weil is. He's a physician in Arizona who has really championed this idea that there are other things you can do other than pharmaceuticals. And the pharmaceutical industry does not want you to hear that ever anywhere. But uh, Andrew Wilde came across breathwork. 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 What is breathwork? Breathwork is rhythmic breathing. You breathe way down and then you release it. And you breathe way down and you do it very intentionally. And it turns out, research shows, that it radically changes your blood composition. 
So remember when we were talking earlier about um, getting blood flow to all of your organs and that blood flow is filled with nutrients, which we know is a food issue and that's getting the underlying compulsion under control, stopping the industry from giving you cravings. It's um, anti-inflammation and pro-immune. Well, your body makes the anti-inflammation. Your body makes the pro-immune agents in your blood. Well, when you do breath work, you're actually, when you, deep, when you breathe deeply and your diaphragm is pushing down on your lower abdomen, you're massaging all of these glands and organs like the adrenal glands, like the pancreas, like the stomach, like the intestines. And all of those glands and organs are releasing the anti-inflammation pro-immune agents. The um, bone marrow releases uh, like the big white blood cells. So now your body is being stimulated by this deep breathing to release your own healing agents and your body's being filled with oxygen, which is a healing agent. And because you're, you're, you're massaging your lower abdomen, your blood flow is improving, lymphatic motion is improving, your drainage is working. So uh, rhythmic breathing is incredibly helpful. As I think I mentioned, uh -huh. I caught a very severe case of pneumonia from my granddaughter. I'm 71 years old, a lifetime of asthma. I did not have to go to the hospital. I used a lot. It's called coherent breathing. I used a lot of it. And I was, and in combination with the Western medicine, and I was able to stay home. So Andrew Weil wrote a whole book on breath work. The coherent breathing is not the only kind. There's box breathing, there's Wim Hof breathing, and this is free. You can go on YouTube and you can find lots of different videos that, not, that give you the rhythm and also explain how to do it. Doesn't cost one penny as long as you have YouTube access. And uh, you cannot find, I mean, I don't know, I've never talked to a physician who recognized the power of breath work. Well, Andrew Wilde, as I said, wrote a book and it's only on Audible. You have to listen to the book because he actually does the rhythms in the book. You can learn it from the book. But in the blurb, when he's introducing the book, he says this, if I were only allowed to use one modality in my practice, it would be breathwork. When I discovered breathwork two years ago, that gave me the idea for the first time that maybe I could put my asthma into remission. And I've done a, a darn good job in the last two years of putting it into remission. I am going to join one of the remission optimistic communities coming up and I'm going to finish the job. I'm going to put my asthma into remission I have to keep adding and adding and adding to my program to make that happen, but I'm going to. Um, so when I discovered breathwork two years ago, immediately huge things. I mean, we're not, we're talking, I'm talk, talk, talking about waiting 24 hours for a result. It's immediate. I slept better. I had way more energy. My mental clarity was astonishing. I had a traumatic brain industry in injury three years ago and breath work helped incredibly, not surprising, you know, more oxygen to the brain the brain's a big oxygen user. Uh, my, my traumatic brain injury is gone. And when I do breath work, my memory is incredible. So why? Oh, just ask yourself, why doesn't everybody learn breath work? It's free, it doesn't cost anything. It, the training is minimal. Um, and why doesn't everybody do breath work? It's unbelievably effective. 
Well, you go straight back to the early 1900s when Rockefeller decided he wanted a pharmaceutical industry and he was going to get it by suppressing all other modalities. And he went around to the state legislatures and he said, everything else is quackery. Only my pharmaceutically based medical training is the only valid scientific approach to disease management out there. And he won. He got them to adopt those regulations. He prevented doctors from talking about anything else and he called it all quackery. And tragically, people have died and certainly suffered. But I have about 40 of those things that I've researched in about in the last couple of years, most of whom I have a study to support their efficacy. So particularly like this one modality, Wim Hof breathing. Some researchers at Rotterdam University, great, great study. Uh, they got a group of volunteers. Half of them got no training. The other half got the breath work. They got them into the lab, took blood samples while they were doing the breath work. And there it is, plain as day. The people doing the breath work had higher levels of oxygen, serotonin, and dopamine, maybe oxytocin, I don't remember. But these are healing modalities. So just by doing breath work, you can increase the healing capabilities of your own body. Dang, why doesn't every child get breathwork training? You know, it, it's not hard to do. So yeah, there's a, a very interesting idea. She's a part of gym class for children. Yeah, she agrees. Meditation, with exercise, visualizations, nature bathing. These We all have research on these showing that they're quite effective and it's not pharmaceuticals. Yeah, and when you talk about nature bathing, there are also a lot of research lately about the infrared light that we yes, get from the sun. <coughs> sunlight doesn't cost anything to go out in the sunlight. It increases your vitamin D. Yeah. I could I go on for days. Oh, but this sure. is why we have started the Remission Optimistic Community and over the four-month course of this program, we are systematically going to let people in a group so that your drive to be normal is satisfied. Uh, we're going to show people how much fun and how easy these things are to do. Okay. Well, we have our last true or false question. And, of course, we're always inviting the Green Warriors that are watching or listening to Type in the comments if you have a question for Dr. Ifwin about either the chronic diseases or even food addiction. She talks about that too. So we welcome your questions. So here's the final question. True or false, Green Warriors, 93% of Americans test positive for a metabolic disorder. So that's a cluster of conditions like high blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat around the waist, 93%. True or false? What do you think, Green Warriors? And as you type in your answer, go ahead, Dr. Ifwin. This is true. 93% of Americans test positive for one of the, at least one of the following. High blood pressure, high blood glucose, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, or a high waist-to-hip ratio. 93% of Americans so if you have one of those, it's not your fault. This is the result of Americans eat 73% of their calories in processed foods. And we have more research just constantly pouring out of studies around the world uh, linking these diseases to processed foods. And nobody's telling you this. It's not even... there. There aren't warning labels. In countries where there are warning labels, people are able to avoid the worst of the processed foods. Um, and their health is improving. Like Chile has a great warning label system on processed foods. We get almost nothing. Except for Amy! Amy is... Amy is... <laughs> 
Amy, is where you're turning to get this good information and these warnings. And don't let anybody tell you. I've had a doctor look me straight in the eye and said, nutrition is just not part of it. Like, you've got to be kidding. But that is what they're trained to believe. That's their training. That's a doctor's training. That everything else other than pharmaceuticals and surgery is quackery. Yeah. And it's so you talk about the other countries. I mean, we have in the United States, they have this way of deciding whether or not to let these processed foods be on the shelf available for people to buy. And it's called generally recognized as safe. Gross. <laughs> generally recognized as safe. And, and I often think cigarettes are still for sale. So yes. <laughs> yes. If that if they're yes. still out there, then I still have to question what else. But generally recognize as safe, which is basically if we haven't found anybody having deleterious effects from this product, then we'll just let it be there. Yeah, and and you know, is it the the regulatory process in the United States is thoroughly corrupt, and there's an incredible person out there, um, Nina Teicholz, who's written a book called The Big Fat Lie. Uh, she goes in detail through how the people who like um, set these regulations, how they're selected. They're all food industry people. So all of the regulations are written basically by the food industry itself. So the only thing you, there's one great rule for picking out a food from a processed food-like product. And it's an easy rule. And it's this, does the product look like it did when it was harvested? So I will tell you, I, I honestly, I, um, was in the middle of lunch when we started this. I don't know if you can see my plate. Yeah, all of these foods look exactly like they did when they were harvested. Exactly. So I'm safe. But if it's a powder or a syrup or a, a pasta, it's, um, or a liquid, the only liquid out there is water, uh, then it's it's been processed and your body will now react to it as if it were a recreational drug. I'm glad you talked about that because so often people are, are trying to learn about how to read labels and, and you know, all the ratios and how they have to do math and look at the ingredients and how much of this and how much is that. If I multiply it and divide it, then it's okay. And then they shut down because they don't even, you know, it, it, it becomes something that they have to, to, to do a math test when they're in the supermarket. Right. So right. it's made it very simple. <laughs> it, it has. I like what Marian Nessel from New York University, uh, she wrote an incredible book and she's revised it any number of times. The name of the book is Food Politics. And she was the head of the New York University Nutrition Department for years, the chair. And she says, if it has a label, it's a warning label. I like that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's, there you go. I, I'm going to try to remember that because that is exactly what people need to hear. Do you know, I'm just yeah. going to jump in here because yeah, this sure. is one of my favorite stories. Why does everybody say read labels, read labels? If it's something that everybody is advising I can guarantee you, you can ask me anything, uh, like any popular myths, any popular advice, and I will tell you how it makes food addiction worse. So you're like, oh, come on, what's wrong with re reading a label? Here's what reading a label does. It keeps you inside the grocery store longer 
So those same neurologists who are formulating products, they're very carefully engineering all kinds of stimulation inside the grocery store. So they want you in there smelling the smells and listening to the shopper shopper messages and being faced with zillions of choices and watching everybody else around you carrying around these processed foods. They want you to stay in there as long as possible. So yeah, reading labels, mm-hmm, sure. You know, I don't need to read a label on the celery. It doesn't have a label. Celery looks like it looked at the moment of harvest. I don't need to read a label on the beets. I don't need to read a label as I'm, you know, stuffing the bags uh, uh, with spinach. So I did all my reading before I got to the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. Because, I mean, I've, there have been times when I've looked at labels just because I was curious as to mm-hmm. you know, when I'd see, for me, I'll, I'll see something that is touted as healthy and I, I mm-hmm. want to see what, you know, what the ingredients are and what the, and, and they make it even more difficult because they change the serving size. So you think that this whole package is one serving. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, yeah. You know, I was in the grocery store yesterday and I just thought, I'm just going to go look at the prepared foods table Yeah. because, um, if I don't have to cook, I'm not going to. And I was able to walk around the whole prepared foods uh, buffet thing in about 12 seconds because I looked, I didn't read the label, but I looked at how long the list of ingredients was. I didn't find one thing. The list of ingredients was so long. I just like, there's something in there that I don't want in my body. There's something in there that will hurt me. And boom, 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 I walked around the whole table and just like went on. I went to the places where I could get just one ingredient that looked like it did when it was harvested. Yeah, that is, that's very important to know. Uh, Let's see. Angie said, can you talk about autoimmune disease? What is the protocol for treatment? Okay. Autoimmune disease. Oh, there, autoimmune disease is caused by dysregulated immune cells. How did they get to be dysregulated? Why are they doing the exact opposite of what they're designed to do? Well, there are eight ways in which processed foods dysregulate cells eight ways. And this is in Rob Lustig's book, Metabolical, which I cannot recommend enough. So um, I'll see however, how many of them I remember. Um, so processed foods are very high in sugar and fat. They, they get into the bloodstream, they surround the cells, and the cells are pulling them in. The cell then tries to process this huge quantity I mean, we're not supposed to eat that much sugar and fat, just no way. So um, the mitochondria start to process these and the debris fills, the, the debris, the cell fills up with debris, trash, byproducts from processing these high levels of sugar and fat. Well, in order for a cell to work, the mitochondria move around the cell. So the mitochondria are the workers inside the cell and they cannot move around the cell to regulate the cell, to clean the cell, to make the cell do what it's supposed to do, whether it's pumping blood in the heart or releasing immune agents for immune cells or thinking clear thoughts in the brain or digesting food in the gut or releasing enzymes and filtering in the liver, all cells need to have these workers moving around the cell all the time. There could be a hundred of these workers inside the cell, but if the cell is filled with trash, they can't move around and do the job. So this is the basis for, for our remission community 
And this is why over five years of having the, the processed food recovery community and seeing this, why would diabetes go into remission and anxiety and attention deficit and irritable bowel? Why would all those things go? Well, it's because you can repair cell function. So A number one is how do you get the trash out of that cell? You stop eating processed foods. All right, so that's number one. There's trash in the cell. Number two, the mitochondria are dying. That maybe that cell should have 100 mitochondria and it's only got 10. And that's the energy. That's malnourishment. The source of the cell, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's malnourishment. Um, so processed foods are not nourishing in the, the least little bit. Nobody would say, oh, I, I had a pack of cigarettes today. I'm pretty nourished. But people will say, oh, I ate processed foods all, all day and I'm nourished. No, malnourishment. So you have trash building up in the cell. You have malnourishment. And then you have the, the membrane of the cell is responsible for communication with other cells. Now, those uh, membranes are made up of little, little tiny droplets of, of fat, and they have pumps in them. So they're doing two big things at least. Well, and then they're holding the cell together. They're communicating with other cells. And the pumps in those membranes are bringing in the needed nutrients. Whatever that cell needs, it's got a pump for it. And these little microscopic pumps are pumping in, you know, whether it's calcium or uh, a fatty acid or whatever. So they malfunction. Now you have a cell membrane that can't talk to other cells, can't coordinate with other cells, can't pump in the needed nutrients. And often the needed nutrients aren't even there in the bloodstream or there's not enough oxygen because the person is so depressed and fatigued from processed foods, they're slumped over their TVs. That's not your fault. Uh, so there's number three, your membranes are, are no longer working. Those pumps are not working. So insulin resistance, insulin is how glucose gets inside the cell. And when your insulin pumps are exhausted, because they've been bringing in and you know, they're trying to regulate glucose by bringing the glucose into the cell. So it doesn't um, kill you uh, high, high glucose levels. Uh, those insulin pumps just wear out. They can come back. If you stop bombarding them, insulin pumps will start to work again. This is why diabetes is reverse is can be put into remission. So that's number four. You have insulin resistance which means that cell can't take in glucose anymore and glucose runs the cells. Every cell in the body runs on glucose. So initially you have way too much trash is building up inside the cell and then the, the intake uh, pump wears out. So that's number four. Um, there's something called oxidative stress, which makes the cell not work. And that also comes from processed foods cleaning up your diet will fix oxidative stress as well. So how many did I got up to five, yeah. five or six? Um, gosh, I wish I could remember the other two or three, but you're getting the picture. Yes. Processed foods, just processed foods and stress just cripple cell function. Now I've seen autoimmune disorders go into remission but it takes the whole picture. You know, it starts with processed foods, which means you've got to start with all this sick, sick, manipulative, profit-seeking messaging that's reaching your brain. Now, media makes its money from processed foods and pharmaceuticals. I can, you can tell me anything that you've read in the media and I can tell you why it won't work and why it will make uh, processed food addiction worse, why it will make your cravings worse. So I know you want to give me an example. 
but superfoods like blueberries, they're so good for you. No. So what that implies is you can eat a box of blueberries and you'll be okay. But it's like saying that you can eat a box of blueberries and keep smoking. No, blueberries are not going to fix one darn thing. Blueberries. Not, not that they're, they're health promoting, but that alone is not going to fix is what you're saying, right? No. Yeah. No. All those articles about superfoods and just eat this, just eat this. It's all, it's all meant to deceive and to distract. Distract is a very good word. Like if it's not telling you what Amy's telling you here, that processed foods are killing you, then it's there to distract you from that knowledge or to make you think that you could just do this one thing and you'd be okay. The, the, we've been attacked from all angles for many, many decades by very, very expert scientists. And this is why 1.6 million Americans die every year from diet-related diseases, 1.6 million. That's two and a half times more than anybody died from in during COVID. But why doesn't the media cover this? Well, they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them, so to speak. Hmm. Wow. Well, Cindy has a question for you. She wants to know what do chemicals like stevia do to the brain and organs? And how long does it take to leave the microbiome and clear itself from the body if I stop using it? This is That's great. great. Yeah, great question. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, stevia activates the addiction. So when you have craving brain cells that have been stimulated mercilessly all the time, since before you were born, those, those cells, those brain cells are incredibly sensitive, incredibly reactive. It just takes a glance. I mean, think of somebody who's been abused. Uh, maybe they've been abused by an adult. And all it takes is one glance from that adult and that child is put into absolute terror. Or all it takes then growing up is for them to come across somebody who looks like the abuser. Well, craving cells, the reward center cells are no different. They're very sensitive because they've been abused, even starting in utero. This is something I've recently learned which is when that baby, that fetus, develops its very first smell cell and their very first taste cells, what does it do with those cells? It goes over and starts tasting and smelling the mother's amniotic fluid because when it's born, it needs to be able to prefer the foods that the mother is eating. That's what's available in the environment. So if you live in, you know, Finland, the baby is going to be used to and want the foods that are available in Finland versus Malaysia. So um, if the mother's eating processed foods, that baby develops a preference for processed foods with the very first cell. This is a deeply seated condition of preference for processed foods. And then, of course, the, um, the baby formula industry is waiting right there for that baby to be born. They will go, the baby formula industry will go into hospitals and give mothers free samples of the um, baby formula, which is all sugar, and it's not all sugar, 51% sugar and corn syrup solids, so that the mother's milk won't come in. And the mother leaves that hospital with a baby that's dependent on an addictive product. Okay, so now we're all saddled with them. Uh, we're all saddled with these reward center brain cells. They're highly reactive to sweet taste. They're highly reactive to anything that looks like a sweet 
product that looks like it has sugar or flour in it. Um, so we can't have concentrated sweet taste because it provokes, it triggers, it stimulates the release of that flood of craving chemicals. That is what those neurologists taught our reward centers to do. So any kind of a concentrated sweet taste can set off a flood and then you're lost in the craving. Yeah. So this is the real tragedy of keto processed foods, high in fat, fat's addictive in big quantities. It's not addictive in small quantities. But if you eat enough of it, you set off the same system that is set off by cannabis. It's the endocannabinoid system. We've got good research showing that it is stimulated by high levels of fat. And it doesn't make any difference what kind of fat it is. Some are worse than others. Uh, but you get those keto treats and, and, and you think, oh, I'm so happy because I'm not craving sugar anymore. But what's happening there is you're developing fat addiction and then the sugar addiction will re, sugar cravings will re-emerge. They're incubating. They're just down there getting stronger and stronger. And at some point they pop up. But by then, because you've been eating keto treats, the, uh, you've now become addicted to fat by, by repeat exposure to high levels of it. And now you have a much worse craving situation of a combination of sugar and fat. And then of course, all, some of those very high fat keto treats are sweetened with um, erythritol, mm -hmm. supposedly this safe sweetener, BS. First of all, you've now you've got combination of two um, sensory stimuli. You've got the, the sweet taste and the fat taste. And then often they're um, dairy products. Well, dairy has casomorphine in it. Dairy is a product which is designed to put a baby calf to sleep. That baby calf, raw milk, right out of the organic mother, that baby will pass out. It's supposed to. There are four different kinds of casomorphine in dairy. They want that baby calf to go to sleep, 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 so that it'll absorb the nutrients and it'll stop running around and they want that baby to go to sleep. Well, we don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep. I don't have any dairy in my, um, in my diet, but all of these things have left us with these highly sensitive reward center cells. And this is why, you know, a grocery store is, is the same thing as a crack house to our brains. And the food industry went after all four systems, the, the dopamine and the serotonin and the opioid and the endocannabinoid. Uh, different foods uh, overstimulate different systems. And it's one of the many reasons why these cravings are so, <clears throat> so hard to get under control. But it is why a program like the Addiction Reset Community works. Uh, we're not just, we're not pulling punches. We're not deceiving. We're not cajoling. When you come into the Addiction Reset Community, you get an honest list of all the foods that have been shown to hyperactivate cravings. And we're not gonna let you, if so many places do, shift the addiction or transfer the addiction uh, off of processed foods onto high sugar fruits, for example. We're going to protect you with really, really high quality information. Well, that's wonderful. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about that in just a moment. And I wanted to see, we have a few more comments. Oh, 
<laughs> Angela said, if I have any of the artificial sweeteners, including stevia, I get a terrible stomach ache. My skin breaks out in red blotches. No thanks. I'll stick with fruit. Truly delicious. Yep, that's right. Yep. <laughs> well, I really want to thank you, Dr. Iflin. I mean, there's just so many pearls of wisdom that you shared with us today. And you gave us hope about chronic diseases. And yeah. that's a big deal. And you, and you gave us a lot of information about food addiction as well. And everyone, please click like to show your appreciation for what Dr. Iflin shared with us today. And now I'd like to give you this opportunity, Dr. Iflin, to tell us about what you do and, and what people that are watching and listening can glean from you. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, the, the website that I'm most excited about is called Redish Remission Optimistic. Remission Optimistic. And it's a four-month program where you can just sink into and be surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. The, uh, all these modalities that we know work, but they're not pharmaceutical. So remissionoptimistic.com. The original website is processedfoodaddiction.com. And I'd love to see you there. Sign up for the free stuff. Just sign up, get, a, get on our email list. We do a lot of free things. You'll be invited to workshops. And um, that's, that's a good place to go, processed food addiction. You'll see a, a place where <coughs> you can sign up for free stuff. If you want to come into a safe community, if you just like, I am done with this. I am done with this. I've got to do something different. Uh, please go to foodaddictionreset.com. And that, again, you can take a self-quiz there for food addiction and um, get on our email list and you'll be invited to free workshops. If you decide to join, it is $59 a month. And uh, with very few exceptions, this program pays for itself over and over again through savings from food purchases, from clothing purchases, from gas to go get this stuff. The, the list is endless and you will be shocked at the end of the month to see how much money is left in your bank account. So go to foodaddictionreset.com and you will see information there about the Addiction Reset community. Amy, thank you so much. You have so much to offer, and you have such a passion for this, too, and it really shows. And I also wanted to give thanks to Angela Fischetti. She just gave me a super chat sticker there, so that was very kind mm -hmm. of you. And that just is a, I think that's kudos to you, Dr. Evelyn, because Aww. you're here, and it's very wonderful that she did that, very kind. Yeah, so, thank you. Green Warriors, tell us what, what are you going to remember from this talk that I had with Dr. Iflin? What's your takeaway? Type it in the comments so people who are coming back can see what your takeaway was. One of my takeaways was that we can heal ourselves with proper breathing. I'm going to go and check out that book because that sounds very exciting to, to learn about that. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to thank Jess Tat's voice because she did the countdown and she did the promos. And she really helped a lot to get this word out about this broadcast. Just test boys, tell us who's coming up next. Sid Nodder will give us four mental tips to stay motivated with plant-based eating on Wednesday, April 12th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. And I, most of all, I want to thank all of you, Green Warriors, that are watching or listening on my podcast. And as a special thank you to all of you, I wanted to offer you five free recipes. And all you have to do is go to my website, begreenwithamy.com slash join, and I'll send you five free recipes. And that should be a lot of fun for you. Now, I want to also tell you to take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze, because that's a hug from me to you and also from me to Dr. Iflin, because 
she's healing today and I want to send her healing, healing hugs. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. And if you want to join me and Dr. Iflin with my tagline, you can type it in the comments. Are you ready, Dr. Iflin? Oh, okay. go ahead. Sure. Until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. Bye-bye, <laughs> Dr. Iflin. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Amy. Bye-bye, everybody. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong.